You are listening to the 1% Christian, the daily Bible study where we get together for 1% of our day, study God's Word, and then we head out to the remaining 99% to do something amazing with this life that God's given us. I'm Pastor J.D. Ambrosio with Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park, New York. I invite you to check us out at soh.church. Download our free mobile app while you're there. There's a digital Bible, an awesome online community, and all of our teachings. And if you're listening anywhere where you get your podcasts, like, share, subscribe, turn on your notifications. You don't want to miss anything as we continue with our study. We are in Matthew chapter 19 today, talking about a very, very important topic, and that is the topic of marriage and divorce. Uh, Sandy on the live stream just asked me, how am I feeling? I am getting there. Let's just put it that way. Woke up with a flat tire this morning, which put me a little bit behind, you know, look, just got to roll with it, right? You get up, whatever happens, happens. God is good. Today's the day the Lord <laughs> has made. Got to tell yourself that even when you get hit with challenges in the morning. He's He's giving you the grace for all the challenges. Amen? Okay. So Jesus, he leaves Galilee and goes into uh, Judea. It says to the other side of the Jordan. We're in Matthew chapter 19. Uh, starting with verse 1. Uh, before we get started, I uh, just want to remind you that this upcoming Monday, uh, I had a great conversation with Pastor Michael Miano. Uh, we are talking about the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, and I'm going to be uh, having that aired at 8 o'clock uh, this coming Monday. If you're listening via the live stream, obviously just look out for that over the next uh, couple of days. It'll be a good conversation. Matthew 19, verse 1. Okay. When Jesus had finished saying these things, uh, obviously we just got out of Matthew 18, the these things was talking all about forgiveness. And Matthew 18, all of Matthew 18, we're talking about really how to be a good kingdom citizen, right? Loving, uh, loving your neighbor, forgiving your neighbor, uh, not being a stumbling block, being humble like a child. I mean, we can go, we won't go through it again. Go back and listen to that. But now he leaves the region and he goes uh, toward uh, Judea. And some of the Pharisees, starting with verse three here, some Pharisees came to test him and they asked him, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any and every reason? Now understand the fact that it says here that they were testing him uh, they are, this is not an honest question. They're looking to trap Jesus. And you say, well, how with this type of question are they looking to trap Jesus? Well, during that time, there were two schools of thought on divorce itself. There was Rabbi uh, Shammai, right, who was very strict around the uh, reasons one could get divorced. On the other side, this was a much more popular viewpoint at the time. Okay, there was Rabbi Himmel, which was very lax and very, hey, whatever you want to do. Very similar to our society today, right? There's no doubt that the institution of marriage itself is under attack in our uh, society. And, it, you know, lessening that, the, strong families are really the fabric of a strong community. And if you go ahead and disrupt that 
a lot of other things happen. Now, they could that you could say that there are societal entities that are trying to allow this to happen, or let's be honest, our own personal wants, needs, desires, and flesh can sometimes be contrary to the sanctity of what marriage is all about. But there are these two schools going on. So, I mean, this isn't a new struggle, right? There are some that are more uh, of uh, on the um, uh, on the traditional side, others that are a little bit more laxed in uh, their view of marriage. Uh, but they are asking Jesus this question because they look at it most likely uh, through two viewpoints is if they go with Rabbi uh, Shammai, right? Maybe they'll become unpopular. If they go with Rabbi Hamel, it may go against maybe some of what Moses talked about, but Jesus really answers this in a in an awesome way. And also remember, John the Baptist had gotten beheaded for his uh, viewpoints on marriage, right? He went to Herod and Herodias, Herod threw him in jail, got his head cut off uh, for all of that. So maybe they thought that they could set Jesus up for a similar type of fate, but let's uh, let's keep it moving on here. Uh, I also want to point out, even before we read another verse here, that there was a very high viewpoint on marriage in the Jewish culture. Okay, for the if you were not married by a certain age, people would start to really frown upon you because they took very seriously the be fruitful and multiply. The challenge here is high view of marriage, low view of women. That's not going to work. If you have more respect for the institution, for for the agreement and the institution than you do for the individual, then that's a problem. And what this led to and why Rabbi Himmel's lax approach to marriage was so much more popular, it was basically what happened is you can get divorced for any reason, right? And I'm not talking about the women, right? You women out there were in trouble back then, okay? Uh, it was basically whatever the men wanted uh, to get divorced for, right? They took Moses's words of that you can write your wife a certificate of divorce and broke that into the ridiculous, right? You didn't like the way your wife did her hair. You could divorce her. Just name any reason and you could divorce her. No big deal. And and this became commonplace. Uh, and, you know, when you don't see your spouse in the light of love, and I mean perfect love, that there's a major issue. Now, I know people sometimes there's challenge, There's always challenges in marriage. Forget about it. Always. 100% of the time. I've never met a couple in my life where they said, you know what? Start to finish, never a crossword ever. <laughs> never a challenge ever. As a matter of fact, though, like anything else in life, challenges, as long as there are two people that love each other on both sides and love properly, challenges will actually make you stronger. When I uh, get the honor of officiating a wedding, I often talk about the four types of love that we find in the Bible, right? There's, uh, there's, or, or in the, in the original Greek language, right? We use the term love and we throw it around. You say, oh, I love pancakes. I love that restaurant. I love my dog. I love this. I love that. But the love that we should have for our spouse, 
for our children, um, for even for one another, should be a higher form of love. And, and the four types of love, I'll just do it really quick here, is uh, eros, right? The Greek word eros, which is where we get erotic. This is a love that is just, it's based on all of our emotions. And you can't get a weaker love than one that is driven by emotion. Basically says, as long as you're making me happy, I'm here. And how many of you know, um, those of you that are married for a, a, a certain amount of time, you, you can get a lot of joy, but there, there could be little things that, uh, that want to steal your happiness that you have to <laughs> work through. Totally fine. Then there's two other types of love that I'll mention kind of side by side. There's storge and then philia. Okay, storge is the family type of love. It, it's a, it's a fami- and it, there are very tight blood bonds between family. But it's also somewhat of an, a love out of obligation, right? We, we love, uh, we, you say, I have to love you. You're my cousin, LOL, right? So uh, I love my cousins out there, by the way, uh, for real, for real. Uh, but you know what I'm saying. We all have you know, folks in our family that are harder to love than others, but we do. We love them because we have to. Uh, and then uh, we have philia, which is where we get the, really the word Philadelphia from. And this is a brotherly love. This is a love of friends. And that could be a very strong bond as well. But all of those bonds have limits, right? You get to a certain threshold and you say, I'm not going to, you know, that's it. I'm, I'm done. Well, that's not a godly type of love, a fully godly type of love, because God, God's love, the one uh, in the famous verse, right? Love is patient. Love is kind. It keeps no record of wrongs. That love is the Greek word agape, which is a love that is unconditional, means it cannot be broken. And ultimately, that is the love that we should go into the marriage covenant with. It's the love that God has for us, the love that we strive to have for one another. It's a perfect love. It is a it is a self-sacrificing love where if you go all the way back to Eros, it's, hey, what can you do for me today? That's it. Agape is the opposite. So Jesus is is really trying to bring this into the marriage institution, and they want to try to challenge him. So let's let's continue reading here. Some of the Pharisees, again, asked, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any and every reason? I hope that, you know, my explanation here kind of went through why they asked that. And Jesus says, haven't you read? He replied that at the beginning, the creator made them male and female, another institution under attack today. And said for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united with his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no man separate. What God has joined together, let no man separate. So interesting here. If it's let no man separate, then that even includes the parties involved in a lot of ways. Now, do people get divorced? Yes, they do. Um, Are you doomed to a life of sin uh, if you get divorced? No. Do you have to wear a scarlet letter? For those of you who remember that back from English uh, English 101 in high school, right? You watched the movie, uh, read the book, Scarlet Letter. No, I don't believe that for a second because we uh, serve a God of redemption. We serve a God of forgiveness. Um, and we'll get uh, into this a little bit more here. Let me go. 
So they, they challenge back. They say, okay, well, why then, they asked, verse 7, did Moses command that a man give his wife a certificate of divorce and send her away? Now, interesting. Moses commanded that a man get No, Moses permitted. Understand, there is a difference between command and permit. Let's keep reading. Jesus replied, Moses permitted you to divorce your wives because your hearts were hard. But this was not the way from the beginning. I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife except for sexual immorality and marries another commits adultery. Okay, so anyone who com- who divorces for anything other than sexual immorality commits adultery. So notice what Jesus is doing here. They go to him and they and they position um you know the two schools of thought they bring up Moses they are desperately trying to get him to go against the society right because then Jesus was notice in the beginning i didn't point this out but it said when he went from um from uh, galilee to Ju- judea he was followed by a multitude of crowds that's in the beginning of what i just read M- matthew is pointing out the incredible popularity of jesus during this time okay so what they're trying to do, right? It's like it's like two gotchas side by side. It's hey, go against the popular opinion so you become less popular, or go against Moses so that we can accuse you of something more serious in terms of in the Jewish court. But what does Jesus do? Jesus goes right to the word. Jesus goes right to the father's intention and the father's will for the institution. And he goes right back to Genesis where he says, for this reason, a man will leave his family and cleave to his wife and go through all this. So he goes right to the purpose of the institution. Instead of focusing, instead of putting the focus on divorce and the conditions of divorce, Jesus puts the focus on the father's intention of the marriage. And so many people that are out there, uh, you know, it's funny. The divorce process starts when you start using that word in the house. My wife and I never use the word divorce. That is a, a no. That's an absolute no. Okay. That is never an option in my house. To use that word, we made that decision a while back. We have, you know, we have a list of things that are like the list of nevers. And for my uh, married couples out there, I highly recommend that you get the list of nevers. Now, does that mean that those things never happen? No, but there is an agreement that if something like this happens, right, uh, like calling the other a name, okay, that's a never in my house. And if that happens, it's like a whoa. Timeout. Imagine a referee blowing a whistle. Okay. Timeout. All right. We just kind of crossed a never there. And there's a mutual acknowledgement there. Okay. And that's where there needs to be a pause and, and an understanding. Start there are clear standards of how we are going to treat one another. Now, am I here telling you that everything is roses all of the time and we just, you know, you know, float about the house, you know, sending, blowing kisses to one another every day. No, that's not, that's not true either. My wife would uh, attest to that, but we have standards that we have an absolute come back to point. 
hey, I should not have done that. I know that we have not done that. And obviously, adultery is, I mean, the coup de grace of that type of standard. So let's get back uh, here to our study. And, uh, you know, what's funny here is that the Pharisees had it wrong. Not everything allowed by Moses was a command from God. And that's super, super controversial, right? Like I said before, there's a difference between command and permit, right? Just like violence, divorce exists, but it doesn't mean that it's always applauded by God. It's always an unfortunate circumstance when a man and woman have to, you know, take that step. Now, and God does permit it in some cases, but we have to get out of the mindset that everything that that is um, permissible is also applauded and ordained by God. If somebody comes in my house and tries to hurt my family, guess what? Chances are they're not leaving the same way they came, all right? I know that, but it doesn't mean that because I had to resort to some sort of a violent act in my house to protect my family that, that God's like— Good job, Jay. I'm all over that. You know, that's we have to make that distinction. Sometimes things happen um, that are outside of the ideal scenario of God. That's why we have his grace, uh, and, and that's why we have, you know, his, his power to lean back on. We, we don't realize even the power that we have here on earth. We're creators and destroyers, <laughs> you know, ourselves. Uh, you know, we're not the same as, as the rest of uh, creation, all right? So let's keep on going here. The focus on adultery being the deal breaker, if you look at all throughout the course of Israel's uh, time, uh, and the reason why adultery is a deal breaker is because how you consummate a marriage is obviously the act of procreation, I'll put it that way. Keep it rated G, right? That is that is the actual consummation of marriage there. So to go outside of that, that is a breaking of the covenant. That's why that Israel throughout time, right, their idolatry and the worship of other gods was considered an adultery, right? In Jeremiah chapter 3, it says specifically through the words of the prophet that God wrote Israel a certificate of divorce because of their adulteries, not because they were sleeping around, but spiritually they were sleeping around. They were taking on the worship of of other gods, and they did this over and over again. They would they suffer lost, and of course they would come back. Think about a toxic relationship, right? Somebody who just keeps messing up, messing up, and then they come crawling back, and then you take them back. And this is what Israel kept doing with God. So in Jeremiah chapter 3, they, he writes them a certificate of divorce. And then things ultimately, around right around that time, get really quiet, really quiet for hundreds of years. And then Jesus comes on the scene. And you think about what Jesus is doing. Jesus is instituting the kingdom of God, not just the kingdom of God, the knowledge of it, but also a new covenant, a new marriage. That's why we are called the bride of Christ. We are now the bride of Christ in an eternal covenant with God. Amen? Okay. So I want to finish out this part because 
although it detracts, doesn't detract a little bit, it's just a continuation of this conversation. The disciples, <laughs> they say to him, if this is the situation between a husband and wife, it's better not to marry. I just, that's a very interesting uh, perspective. And some people, you know, say it's better not to marry. Uh, I don't think that is remotely for anybody or uh, personally should be a requirement for a priest or pastor or something like that. But Anyway, I digress. We don't have to get into that today. And Jesus replies, not everyone can accept this word, but only those to whom it has been given. So in other words, there may be some people who have a calling on their life or or different circumstances mean that they are unable to or they choose not to get married, and that's okay. It says, for there are eunuchs who were born that way, people incapable of marriage. For there are eunuchs who are made eunuchs by others. There were, uh, you know, societies and situations where, um, you know, someone's reproductive parts would be removed back then. Uh, we, again, don't have to get into that then. Jesus is pointing them out that God loves them as well. There are those who li- choose to live like eunuchs, right? But notice this, for the sake of the kingdom of God, the one who can accept this should accept it. So, look, are you a bad person if you don't get married? No, no. If you choose not to, that's fine. Ultimately, what we see here, right, they present an issue, and marriage is a very important one, of, hey, is it okay to do this for any reason whatsoever? Jesus is pointing them back to Genesis and saying, well, what what does God want? What does God want? And if you're listening to this today, and even if you're having some struggle in your marriage or struggle in any area of your life, I challenge you a bit to pause and say, what does God want? What does God want from my marriage? If God could snap his fingers, what would my marriage look like? And he can. I mean, I'm, you know, using terms and phrases here. But so much of a a successful marriage, look, God wants your marriage to be strong. Or God wants your marriage, think about your marriage to your spouse, but also your marriage to him to be strong. What are some of the characteristics? I could talk all day on this. What are some of the characteristics of of a strong marriage? True love, faithfulness, right? Communication. When we start really evaluating things, and this is what I had to do in my own marriage, not, not that long ago, really, is to really evaluate, okay, Getting about, you know, 12, 13, 14 years here. Now now we're going, going on 16 this year. You know, and it's real easy to become complacent. Just like in your walk with God. It's real easy to become complacent. What can you do today to strengthen that relationship? To strengthen that bond? What does God want for you and your spouse? What does God want for you and for him? And it's going to be trust faithfulness, love, communication. It's going to be all very much the same thing. So that's one of the things as we go into this year, I pray that you really kind of challenge your walk with God. And if you are married, to to go ahead and you know, address that and, and, and look at how you can strengthen that bond and not just make it about what you want or what they want, or what you both want, but what does God want for you in your life? Amen? Because God wants the bond with you to be strong. God wants your households to be strong. God wants us to be good examples. Look, the divorce rate in the church is the same as the divorce rate in the world. So who are we 
right? Unless we start fixing our own house to start pointing at everybody else's. Amen? All right. I could talk all day. I love you guys. I want to let you get on with your day here. But but look, draw close to God, and he, he's already close to you. But that is a marriage in your life, your bond and your covenant with the Father through Jesus. And for those of you who are married, what does God want for your life and your marriage? How can you be more godly in that situation? And what I say to what I say to couples all the time is, you got to stop with the if this then that. Well, they did this and I do this, and no, somebody has to just come in and say, not me. I have my list of nevers, and I'm going to be the example here. I'm going to honor God because it's not just about what I want to do in this marriage. It's what God wants in my marriage because God wants a strong house, and I'm going to be the one that introduces the strength. And watch what happens. God is going to heal your household. Amen. Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray for every single person within the sound of my voice. Lord God, I pray that you help us to to just be the creators of strong households, Lord God, that you allow our own free will to just match your will. And we know that that's the best way to be strong. Lord God, let this new year coming up be one where our bond with you is stronger than ever because we want to honor you in every area of our life. And for those who are um, seeking a spouse, Lord God, prepare them for that situation. Prepare them with faithfulness and strength and to be drawn close to you. We know if we draw close to you, if we seek you in your kingdom, everything else is added to our life, Lord God. And we're grateful for that. In Jesus' mighty name, I'm Pastor J.D. Ambrosio with Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park, New York. Check us out at soh.church. This is the 1% Christian. 100 starts with one. Go out and do something amazing for God today. I love you guys.